Taking charge of your future starts with taking the first steps. And saving up to $30 a month on Cox Internet with the Affordable Connectivity Program makes those steps easy to take. Whether they bring you to click upload on your first short film or join now for an online book club. Applying is easy. See if you qualify at cox.com slash ACP. Non-transferable one per household application and eligibility decisions are made by the FCC. Whether a date night or family holiday outing, Meadowlark's Winter Walk of Lights is the perfect way to experience the magic of the holidays. The half-mile walk through Vienna's enchanting Meadowlark Botanical Gardens features lighted nature themes and sparkling displays. Get your tickets now at winterwalkoflights.com. Extend your holiday season and beat the rush with a weeknight visit in November or early December. Plan your visit and buy tickets at winterwalkoflights.com. That's winterwalkoflights.com. You're about to experience the life-giving teaching of Bishop Kevin Foreman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center. To find out more about Dr. Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And no matter what, remember, love God, love people, and love life. We're going to get right into the Word tonight. Lift your Bibles high. Remain standing. Lift your Bibles high. We're going to get right into the Word. Just remember, when I mount the pulpit, you keep standing until I say, sit down. Amen. Amen. Deuteronomy, or no, not Deuteronomy. We're going to say this together. Amen. (laughs) Whoops. Amen. Let's make our faith confession together. This is my Bible. It is the living Word of God. It gives me abundant life. I am not just a hearer of the Word. I'm a doer of the word. This word teaches me that I am more than a conqueror. My spirit and my mind are prepared to receive and apply the message. Now you already know where we're going. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 7. Deuteronomy chapter number 7. Deuteronomy literally means second saying. So the things we read in Deuteronomy, many of those things are repeats from what we've seen the Lord say in Exodus and Leviticus and even the book of Numbers. So it literally means to say again. So in other words, sometimes you have to repeat stuff to make sure that, that people get it. Can, can I help you understand something about dealing with people? By the time you're tired of saying it is when they're finally getting it. It's real quiet in here. I learned that. Denver learned me that real well. I learned that. I said, by the time I'm tired of saying something, that's when people finally get it. So the Lord said, I'm going to say it again so that you finally get it. But aren't you glad we serve a Jesus that doesn't throw us away because we didn't get it the first time? My God, that's a great place to bless him. There's a lot of stuff. We just didn't get it the first time, but he's, amen. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse number 22. I want you to read it with me. One, two, ready, read. And the Lord your God will drive out those nations before you little by little. Stop. Who's going to do it? The Lord. How's he going to do it? Little by little. Now, now here's the issue. Here's the issue. Here's the issue your neighbor has. They want a whole lot by a whole lot. But but let's look at the scripture. Uh, And the Lord will drive out those nations before you little by little. Let's read the next part together. You will be unable to destroy them at once, lest the beasts of the field become too numerous for you. Now, I want you to encourage somebody next to you. Touch them. Say, neighbor, I need you to understand It may seem like it's taking a long time, but trust me, it's on schedule. 
Y'all didn't encourage him good enough. Touch that next one. Touch that other one. Touch that other one. Say, neighbor, I need you to understand something. God is moving for you and for your favor. But he's doing it little by little. God, I wish I had a church in here, Wednesday. I wish I had some thirsty people in here tonight. Father, I decrease that you might increase. Speak this word through me now that we might move in what you have ordained. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Somebody shout hallelujah. You know the title. High five two or three people as you take your seats. Tell them little by little, little by little, little by little. Two or three people. Get two or three. If you didn't get two or three, make somebody else high five you. Little by little. Now, now I said, sometimes uh, it can seem like your life isn't making huge, huge leaps and bounds. Any witnesses in here? In what you consider progress. Sometimes you can feel stuck. Sometimes you can feel stagnant. And it is in those moments that we can experience great discouragement about the future. Matter of fact, if you'll be honest, uh, the reality is is sometimes there's days where you're very excited and very optimistic about the future. And then there are some days where you can be very pessimistic and very doubtful about the future. Anybody can be honest about that. There are some days you can be on the mountaintop and there's other days like you can feel you are beneath the valley. Not even in the valley, but beneath it. Am I talking to anybody? Sometimes you can see what looks like to be great progress for others, and you can begin to have a personal interrogation, which often leads to moments of despair, because you can begin to think to yourself, God, why me? Or why is this happening for them, and they don't even serve you like I do? Or maybe you've said this one before. I've said this one before. God, what have I left undone? You felt like that in the movie Ten Commandments. There's a scene where Moses is going up the side of the mountain and he's getting ready to receive the Ten Commandments. And he, he goes and he's walking, he's walking, he's walking. He's been walking for 40 days. And it's at the end of that 40 days in the movie uh, that he says, Lord, and he hits the rock, he hits the mountain. He says, Lord, what have I left undone? It's a powerful scene because although it's not necessarily recorded in the scripture, it is something that I recorded and used in my life. There have been times where I've said, God, what in the world have I left undone? Because I'm not understanding why. I, what I'm doing is not working the way I want for it to work. No, nobody's ever thought that way in here. Nobody but, but, but notice, but notice, but notice, but notice, even in those moments of despair, the, notice that God still keeps nudging you forward. Even in those moments of doubt, notice that you still showed up at church. Okay, it's quiet. Notice that even in those moments where you're unsure, you still pray. Notice in those moments that even when you're like, God, I don't know if I can do it anymore, you shut your mouth and you kept on doing it. And, and notice that you've continued to make forward progress. Touch your neighbors, I've still been moving forward. Now, now watch this. We can often enter those, those moments of despair because we often lack one major understanding about how God does things. Now, hear me. There are certainly kairos moments. There's two words for time in the Greek. The first is chronos, C-H-R-O-N-O-S. Greek words often the C's and the K's are interchangeable, so you could do K-R-O-N-O-S. But, but in this, chronos is chronological time. It means one, two, three, four, five. But there's a second word in the Greek for time, which is kairos, and it is spelled K, for my note takers, K-A-I-R-O-S. Now, kairos is when God literally interrupts time. Eternity invades time. The infinite invades the finite. It's when you experience the suddenlies in life. It's where God interrupts time with opportunity. It's real quiet in here. Anybody ever experienced one of those things where out of nowhere, you, you weren't expecting it. It, it, it. You thought it was going to take three months. It ended up taking God three minutes to get it done. Now, now watch this. Watch this. Uh, we like those moments, don't we? We like suddenlies, don't we? 
Okay, I'm the only one that likes Sundays. I love Sundays. And, I'm, I, and what I love about God is that we serve a God that can move suddenly. We serve a God that can take you from the pit to the palace suddenly. We serve a God that can take you out of 430 years of bondage in Egypt suddenly. We serve a God that can do it, and he can do it suddenly. But here's what you need to understand. Sometimes it seems like certain things can be overnight successes in your life, and then there are times where it seems like everything is taking forever. Anybody got some stuff like that? You can be honest with me going on. Okay, good. I'll touch your neighbor and say, he's going to help us tonight. Yes, I am. Uh, in the Bible uh, verse that we read, God paints a pure picture about how he often works. It says, and the Lord your God will drive out those nations before you. Little by little, you will be unable to destroy them at once, lest the beasts of the fields become too numerous for you. Now, the word destroy there is the Hebrew word kalah, K-A-L-A-H, which means accomplish. So in other words, he's saying you're going to accomplish something, but you're going to do it little by little. And one of the things we need to understand about the reason why, and I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but I, I used to wonder, God, why are there certain things that just seems like it takes forever? And what I discovered about God is that while he's a merciful God and while he's a gracious God, he is also a God that makes sure you qualify for what he gives you. Now, you say, Bishop, what do you mean you qualify? I thought it was all about not qualifying. Listen, listen to what I'm saying. It, it is that God sometimes will say, I want to make sure that what I'm giving you, you're going to be able to keep. And I want to make sure that what I'm giving you, you are not going to waste it away. And I want to make sure that what I'm giving you, you're not going to allow crazy folk to come around you. Please understand, when a woman is having a baby, have you ever noticed that there's, they don't let everybody that showed up to the hospital stay in the delivery room? Because they understand that if everybody's in that room, what's getting ready to come out might get tainted. And so they tell you if you got any sickness or any issue, they tell you you got to step outside of this room. That's what's happening for some of you in your life. God has been putting people out the room because God says, I'm trying to birth something greater in you. I'm trying to birth something bigger in you. And you got too many people in the delivery room and they're going to mess up what's going on. So God says, that's why you've been feeling a little lonely. He says, it's not that you're alone, and it's not that you're lonely. God said, I just had to kick some people out the delivery room. So but now watch this. Watch, watch this. Watch this. Uh, in essence, what God was saying in this verse is that you might not be able to accomplish everything at once. And if you, I, I, I don't know about you, I'm like a one-stop, kind of get-it-all-done-at-one-place guy. Anybody else like that? See, when I go to the mall... I prefer to go to one place that can give me everything. Ladies, I know y'all want to go to every store to see every deal for stuff you don't even want. Oh, let's look in there. No, why are we going in there? We didn't come to the store to look for that. No. It's quiet in here. Oh, I think so-and-so got to say, well, you should announce that before we showed up. That ain't on the agenda. We got to go now. We got to go, we got to go now. Now... Now, now here's the deal. I, I like one-stop shop. I like one-stop shop. I like to be able to go one place and get everything I need. I like to be able to go one place and get everything done. I, I like to be able to go and, and get, I, I like one-stop shopping. You, you understand? I just, that's just the way I like to get stuff done. Now, here's the issue with that mentality juxtaposed to this verse. God says sometimes you're not going to accomplish everything at once. You can, but not necessarily. Now, now, now here's the point I need you to get. The children of Israel were in pursuit of something called the promised land. Now, for you and I, that's called the promised life. 
What is the promised life? It is the Greek word zoe. It means where you have so much life that you're overflowing with life to where you bring others back to life. It is where you are doing the thing that you were created to do. That's life. When you're doing what you, you know, scissors are only in their zoe when they're cutting. They're not in their zoe while they're in your desk. They weren't made to sit in your desk. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Your car is in its zoe when it's on the highway. And you might think it needs a rest. No, your car needs to be on the road. That's what it was created to do. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, now, say the promised life. Now, they were in pursuit of this promised land, which for you and I today is the promised life, after 430 years of slavery. So what's interesting is that while they were in pursuit of it, they really didn't know what it looked like. They really didn't know what it was. And that's what happens for many Christians is that you, you, you're reaching for something and you're like, well, I don't even know. Is this it? That's why, that's why it was easy for Eve, uh, for Eve to be tempted by Satan with something she had because she didn't know that what she had was what she wanted. If y'all will say something, I might teach you something. He says, Do, uh, for the Lord knows that in the day you eat of it, you will be like him. Problem, the scripture says that Adam was made in the image, Teshalem, the image and likeness of God. Eve was made out of the image and likeness of Adam. Therefore, if Adam was made in the image and likeness of God and Eve was made in the image and likeness of Adam, that means Eve was made in the image and likeness of God. So then when Satan says you're going to be just like God, he was tempting her with something she already had. You're not hearing me, but that's the same thing Satan does today. He's offering you something that you already have, but because you don't know what it looks like because you're so used to being a slave for 430 years that when it shows up, you think it's not that because you've never seen that because you wouldn't know that if that showed up and slapped you in the face. So, 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 because you get people, I'm just waiting on the Lord. For what? Touch your neighbor. Say, work what you have. So now watch this. In Deuteronomy, God tells them, tells them that he's given them the land. Same thing to us. He says, I've given you the promised life. I've given it to you. Say, I have it. Say it again. Say, I have it. But watch this. There were seven nations that were stronger than them that they'd have to contend with. These nations are called the ites. Say the ites. Not ike, the ites. If you got an Ike, there's only one thing to do with them. Take the cowboy boot off. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Here, here, here were the seven Ikes. The Hittites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Now, I realize that my note takers probably stopped somewhere around Girgashites. Because they're trying to figure out, is it G-I or G-E? G-I, G-I. <laughs> now, uh, uh, these nations were stronger than them. Now, check out what God says, guys. God says to them, I'm going to teach for a minute. We're going to shout in a minute. Can we do that? God says to them, I've given it to you. So you think God would make it easy, right? No. God says, it's yours. But you're going to have to fight for it. And the fight is where many Christians get discouraged because they thought signing up to serve Jesus was signing up to be lazy. All right, I can see I'm going to have to do that tonight. I don't have a jacket to unbutton, so I'll just do this. 
most Christians, and I'm not talking about you, but I'm talking about somebody you know. They are lazy. They are sloppy. They lack excellence. And they want everything without paying for nothing. Not you. So the moment tough situations show up, they're like Casper. They're ghosts. They're gone. You can't find them. Not you. Somebody you know. You, you ever, somebody say it like this? Uh, to justify the quality of life they live, they'll say something like this. Well, this just must be what the Lord wants me to have. Okay, is it that or you just wouldn't go fight the ites? Touch your neighbor, say, fight the ites. You ever heard somebody say something like this? And, and they, they mean well. They folk mean well. If the Lord wants me to have it, he's going to give it to me. Or better yet, this one. You've heard this one. If the Lord didn't want it to happen, he'd stop it. That's nowhere in this book. That concept is antithetical to the basic uh, 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 rudimentary structure to any basic theological construct. What does all that mean? <laughs> That's crazy. God says, I, I've given you the land, but you're going to have to go fight for it. It, it, it's, it's, it's not that it's just going to be dropped off to you. you you're not going to pray one prayer and all of a sudden, then that could happen. Doesn't anybody say it could? So you could have a Kairos moment. Matter of fact, your Kairos moment could be tonight if your praise would match your prayer. But there are moments where it's just going to take some time and you're going to have to go little by little. Now, but that means you're going to have to fight the ites. And you can't get discouraged in fighting the ites because the ites are possessing something that's yours. You know, hear what I'm saying? The ites are illegally in possession of what belongs to you. You know, hear what I'm saying? They are illegally living in your house. They are illegally driving your car. They are illegally taking your joy. They are illegally taking your peace because God says, I've given the land to you. Well, when he said, I've given it to you, there was a transfer of the deed. But please understand, a transfer of the deed does not mean a transfer of the occupant. Okay, y'all ain't saying nothing. Buildings can change owners all the time, but you can have a renter that's in there that never owned it in the first place. God says the ites don't belong in your stuff. You're going to have to fight to dispossess and repossess what is yours. Which means you can't just sit back and say, I'm just waiting on the Lord to give me joy. You better go and get your own joy and wake up in the morning and say, this is the day that the Lord has made. And I will rejoice and be made glad. I'm going to get my own joy. If you can't find you somebody to pray with you, you pray with yourself. Touch and agree with you. Touch your neighbor and say, I'm fighting the ites. So, so, so now watch this. For the children of Israel, it wasn't merely a matter of going in and settling down and getting comfy. They had to fight for every foot of ground they took, even though God had promised it to them. And that's sometimes where, where, where we get in these things of, well, well, Lord, if you want me to have it, shouldn't it be easier? No. In fact, if he wants you to have it, it's probably going to be hard as heaven. And the reason you're able to get it is because he graces you to fight. 
That's why some other folks that you think to yourself, if they only knew what I had to go through to get this, you can sit up and run your mouth and talk this and talk this and talk that. But don't you judge my harvest until you check my seed. Don't you judge my glory until you know my story. You weren't there when they, okay, they weren't there when you were eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. They weren't there when you were struggling. They weren't there when you were. So, so watch this. Even though God had promised it to them, they had to fight to who? Dikes. Now, that means that even though God has made us wonderful promises in his word, that doesn't mean we won't have to fight. Now, God has a wonderful plan for each of us. Say he has a plan for me. But it doesn't just happen with just one major victory. Then we never have to fight again. And that's often how we view life. We view life as, oh, I'm so through with this fight. I'm in my season of victory. Notice season. <laughs> And you need to know something about seasons. Seasons change. It's real quiet in here. There are seasons of victory that you experience. And let's be honest. There are seasons of um, something that don't quite look the same as victory. We ain't even going to put that in the atmosphere. <laughs> you got it? <laughs> Y'all follow what I'm saying, all right? All right, so check this out. So check this out. Too many people are looking for their ship to come in when they really need to start walking on water out to the ship. I'm going to say that again. Uh, too, too many Christians are sitting, I'm just waiting on the Lord. Waiting on the Lord. Won't he do it? Ain't God all right? Yes, he is. Ooh, I feel my change coming. Ooh, hey, 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 I feel my help coming. You need to get up out that boat, step on that water, and go to the ship. And say, let me show you where to come. People talk about, people say this, I just want to see what's going to unfold. How about you participate with God and author what is to come? The Bible is full of people who participated with God who decided their future. They weren't victims of it. Abram participated with God, so he decided his future. David participated with God, so he decided his future. Consider this. David had rejection issues. He had rejection issues, we know, because his father didn't even invite him in when the man of God brought everybody over to be uh, looked at to be king, although David was the one to be king. So now he's got rejection issues from his father, Jesse, and he deals with these rejection issues throughout his life by having all of these relationships because he thinks he can get from these women what he wanted from his dad. And so he goes through all of that. See, please understand, a lot of times you want to treat, you, you, you want to treat the issue without going to the root of the issue. So, so every piece of fruit has a root, and if you don't deal with the root, the fruit will always grow again. This is why all the stuff that you keep thinking about, I'll deal with that later, I'll deal with that later, I'll deal with that later. Please understand, let, you, you know, all that stuff you keep sweeping under the rug, you got to then you trip over it. Oh, shoot, that was there? Of course it was there. What do you think was going to go away because you didn't talk about it? Now, check this out. Check this out. So David now gets this prophecy, you're going to be king. Jesse gives him this prophecy, you're going to be king. And it takes David uh, 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 several years, several years before he takes the throne and actually becomes king. But consider this. While he was on his journey, he becomes, uh, the Bible says who the incumbent king was King Saul. He becomes a musician for King Saul. And the scripture says Saul loves him. And so then once Saul perceives that David is going to be his replacement, Saul doesn't celebrate him as his successor. Saul looks at him as an enemy. There are some people that through your life, they didn't look at you as a successor or someone they could aid. They looked at you as someone that they, was their competition. 
And a great leader never looks at people as competition. He looks at them as someone that can be a successor because you're not a success until you have successors. You're not good until you made somebody else good. You're not great until you made somebody else great. You ain't nothing until you made somebody else something. So, so, so Saul didn't look at it that way. Y'all still here? We're just talking for a little bit. So Saul didn't look at it that way. And since Saul didn't look at it that way, uh, the scripture says that a few times King Saul tried to kill David. And I'm not talking about like back room, secret meeting, like, you know, trying to set something up, you know, stuff like that. No, he literally was sitting on the throne and David would be over there playing the harp, you know, he's just over there playing. And then King Saul would be like to one of his armor bearers, get me my javelin. Get, uh, that's too big. I was going to say, get me that, but that's way too big. But it make a great prop. Give it to me. <laughs> oh, wow, this is going to be great. I hope I don't break it. If I break it, it's your fault. <laughs> okay, so watch. So King Saul is sitting on the throne. David's playing. Because the Bible says that uh, uh, whenever the king would get stressed out, and the, the Bible says that King Saul was stressed out because the Lord would send a distressing spirit upon him. And whenever he gets stressed out, the king would just be sitting. He'd be sitting and be like, David, play. Ooh, that's good. Mm, mm, thank you. Yes, 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 yes. And then he'd get mad. He'd be like, give me my, give me my javelin. <laughs> he'd take his javelin. I got to be careful. This is big. He'd take his javelin. The whole middle section, like, watch out. <laughs> now I'm just playing. I ain't going to throw it. He'd take his javelin, y'all. And do you know what he would do? He would throw it at David. And this wasn't no wooden end. It was metal and it was sharp because he wanted to kill him. It's real quiet in here. And he didn't just do it once. He did it several times. Are you getting it? Okay, that was a cool prompt. Thank you. Now, here's the point. That would have been a good time to quit, don't you think? Don't you think that would have been a great time to say, hey, you know what, I don't really know if... Uh, <laughs> If this king thing is for me, because this man trying to kill me, this is cray. <laughs> he said, man, the king be fighting too much. I don't even want, I can't even go play. He's going to be killed me. Every time I go in there, he's talking about trying to kill me. That would have been a good opportunity to quit, right? Does that make sense? Okay, if you walked into your job every day and your boss literally used copious quantities of profanity against you for the first 30 minutes of every day, you'd probably have a good reason to think, well, maybe I'm not supposed to do this. Except, if it was easy, everybody would have it. If it was easy, everybody would do it. The point I'm trying to get you to understand is you're going to have to fight even for what's yours. It's quiet in here. So I want to say that again because I like that saying. Too many people are waiting on their ship to come in when they really need to start walking on the water out to their ship. You're sitting up waiting. I'm just, just waiting on it to happen. Any day now, any day now. This is my year. This is my year. I'm commanding my day. Okay, how about you get out there and make something happen? Well, listen, I'm scared I might fail. Well, good. You failed before, so what's to be scared of? You lost money before. What's to be scared of? Sometimes the worst thing to do is to have success because now it threatens future success. Because now you got something to protect. Okay. It's, it's real quiet in here. Uh, uh, watch this. God doesn't always move us forward in life by huge leaps and bounds. Often it's what? Little by little. Everybody say it with me. Everybody say it again. 
It's little victory followed by little victory that add up to something incredible. Hear me. A war is not one with one battle. It's often several battles over a period of time. And in every battle, you get stronger. In every battle, you get wiser. In every battle, you get better. If God gave us sudden, full, and complete victory, we never had to fight again, then surely pride would creep in and we begin to look down on others who have not been as victorious as we has been. So sometimes God says, the reason I need you to keep fighting is so that you realize your neighbor's fighting something too. And before you look at them and judge them and put them down, you'll shut your mouth and pray for them because you're going to say, before I judge you, I'm fighting my own thing. Before I kick you while you're down, I'm fighting my own thing. Tell your neighbor, say, don't you judge me. You fighting your own stuff. That's why I'm so glad I pastor a church of non-judgmental people because I refuse to pastor a religious, judgmental people who act like they ain't never been through hell, who act like they ain't never cried sometime. No, that ain't the truth. There's been some times you wanted to throw in the towel. But you better half-have your neighbor say, I know that's right. I know. You don't have a pastor that's just had a great life all these days. You don't serve a pastor who's never been betrayed. You don't have a pastor that's never had to go through some stuff. Baby, I know what it is to go through some stuff, but I know what it is to fight, and I know what it is to win. <laughs> you be seated. I know that's right. I, I watched this. I watched this. It was coming up, raised by a single mother. I watched. I watched my mother win with a hand that wasn't no winning cards in it. Wasn't no aces. Wasn't no kings. Wasn't no name cards. It was twos and threes. But I watched it win. Now, 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 now watch this. So let me walk you through this. Point number one, note takers. I encourage you to take notes. And, and here's why I encourage you to take notes. It just helps you to be an active learner. Especially on a Wednesday night, we're talk, we, we talk about the concept of discipleship. Discipleship means disciplined student. So that's all a disciple is, a disciplined student. So a disciplined student takes notes. I know we have got a lot of educators in, in Harvest, and so I don't know about you, but as, an ed, as a teacher, as an educator, uh, you know, if I'm teaching, especially in a very pedagogical format, um, it, it's very annoying when somebody's sitting there looking at me when they should be writing. I said, okay, well, how are you going to pass this test? Because I, you're looking at me, but I, okay, you're going to fail. And I'm going to grade yours harder than the rest of them because you're sitting looking at me when you need to be taking notes. All right. Total side note, please disregard. All right, number one, uh, don't estimate, don't, don't underestimate the small things. Don't underestimate the small things. Big doors swing on big hinges. No, big doors swing on small hinges. Say big doors, big doors. Swing, swing on small hinges. All right, so it's very important that you understand this because oftentimes we, we, we don't pay attention to the small things because we think the small things, because they're small, means they're unimportant. But often it is the small things that are the most important. It is the big things that are the least important. That door, while it is huge and it's got all of that ornate uh, design to it, please understand, if it's not for those three little pieces of metal, that door can't even open, that door cannot close. 
All right. Uh, the Bible talks about the tongue. It says how the tongue is a small organ and it's like, uh, in our body, but it's like the rudder of a ship directing our lives. This tongue is why you are in what you are in today. Amen. Be it good or bad, this tongue spoken into existence. It is a small member, the Bible says, in our bodies, yet it can produce such great things. Isn't this amazing? Your tongue now, this small little tongue, has the ability to guide and to direct your life. You missed it. Not this, not this, not your head, not your arms. No, this small tongue, the scripture says, it's a small member and it has the ability to direct your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, now watch this. Everything that ever becomes great often starts as something small and insignificant. A whisper. That's, that's how Satan took power. He took power from little God, who was Adam, the image and likeness of God. The scripture says in Psalm, who is man that you have made him a little lower. Your Bible translates into the angels. If you look at the correlation there, there should be an asterisk there. The angels is actually the word Elohim because as they were translating it, they couldn't even fathom the concept that they were made in the image of God. So they had to put themselves beneath angels. Your greatest issue isn't who you're not. It's you're just you're unsure of who you are. So you know what he does? He whispers to Eve. God knows. And then Adam goes along. Consider this. Y'all ready for something? Y'all want a little revelation Wednesday night? Uh, consider this. Satan, the scripture says, that was cast down to the earth, Revelation 12, uh, with one third of the angelic host. Those are the angels that fight. They're the fighters. They're the thugs. So, so Satan and one third of the thugs. Oh, don't sit here and act like that. Somebody said, Bishop, I've never been a thug. Then what is that in your purse? What is that? You don't even hold your purse like this, ladies. You hold it like this. That's thuggish. Humming, it, humming in the grocery store with your purse. Like, mm -hmm. Now, not the, so when I say thug, I just, it just mean fight. Okay, that's all I mean. But all right, don't get all offended and all that. Now, one third of them got kicked out. Uh, and reassigned is a better word, to, a better, better phraseology to use there. Now, check this out. How did he deceive them? A whisper. A thought. Check this out. How do, you, how do thoughts enter your mind? A whisper. And often the whisper comes from you. And now that whisper comes into your mind and turns into something gargantuan, turns into something totally different. And you're thinking to yourself, what in the world? How did it start from here and turn into this? Because you underestimated the small things. It's some small conversation you have with people that you need to evaluate why you have it. You know, you, you, you sometimes, I've talked about this before, and I'll talk about it again because it's so important. You, you need to, you know, just sometimes consider, why are people asking some of the questions that they ask you? Like, why, why, like why are you concerned about that? Like, why is that any of your business? So I got, a, I got a way to deal with that with people. When people ask me stuff that's none of their business, I say, well, what's your social security number? None of my business, right. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. See how it works? Now, if they give you their social, well, you know, well, then, you know, go on. 
get you a car or something. Like no, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm just being funny. Here's the, here's the point I'm making. Here's the point I'm making. Here's the point I'm making. Uh, when you underestimate the small things, you don't realize that what's in them can turn into a big thing. One person telling you you weren't good 10 years ago now is what pops up when you try to do something big today. It was small, but it got big in you. So because one person said something 15 years ago, now you still, well, I don't know now. I don't know. I don't, what you don't know? Because one person told you you weren't ever going to be anything. Now you, well, this is just, this is who I'm, this is my lot in life. Well, who told you we were drawing lots? It's quiet in here. Check this out. Everything that becomes great starts with something small and insignificant, a whisper, a thought, an idea. So in life, don't despise your small beginning. In business, don't despise your small beginning. In, 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 in whatever you're in, don't despise it because it's small when it starts. Jesus had 12 people on staff when he started. One of them was the devil. And them 12 people 2,000 years ago are billions of people today. It's real quiet in here. But when he started, it didn't look like it was going to turn out to what it's become today. So if even God couldn't despise a small beginning. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right, number two, while we're on the subject of small things, be faithful in small things. Okay, I'm going to do some meddling here. If God moves us forward little by little, the way we handle little things then are battles within themselves. I'll say it again. If God moves us forward little by little, then the way we handle little things are battles within themselves. You missed it. God says, often in life, I'll take you little by little. Sometimes it's going to be suddenly. Sometimes it's just going to be boom, bam, bam, there it goes. But God says, sometimes I take you little by little. Now, if he takes us little by little in experiencing victory, that means the way we handle little or small things are battles within themselves. Okay, so watch this. Are you faithful when nobody's looking? Because God says, I know nobody else was looking, but did you really think I wasn't? Okay, okay, all right, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Touch the neighbor and say, how do you handle the small stuff? How do you handle when somebody says something that you should let roll away, but you decide to make it the, the issue of the day? There's some stuff you don't even need to treat. You know why? When it comes from idiots, it ain't got to be treated. You're not hearing what I'm saying. Why are you getting upset over what so-and-so said? The so-and-so ain't got nothing, ain't had nothing, and ain't trying to go nowhere. Why are you concerned about what so-and-so got to say? You always got to consider the source before you decide to treat the information. There's certain information that wants to, where did that come? Oh, I don't even care. That is if it didn't even happen. I don't even care. Because the source has to be considered. In other words, I don't take something that, watch this, should stay small and make it big. But I don't allow that which should be big to remain small. So how do I handle the small things? How do you handle, you know, I, I, 
Excellence is, is really important to me about everything. You know, I like stuff to be stapled a certain way. Okay? Because, see, when it, if it's stapled the wrong way, when you pull the paper back, it's going to rip. No, so it needs to be stapled at a diagonal in the top right corner, a left corner, in a diagonal fashion, so that when you pull a page back, it goes with the floor of the staple versus breaking apart. Now, you maybe didn't know that, but that's why all your papers is messed up. <laughs> now, I'm using that as an example. You might say, Bishop, that's so small. But what you got to understand is God is a God of the details. God is a God that says he has numbered the hairs on your hair. Check it out, which means each hair that falls out is numbered. It has a specific number that the angels record in heaven. God gave so much thought into his design of you that nothing about you was on accident. So even the mold, even the bump, even the this, even the thing that you think isn't right about you, God says, but I went through great, uh, great, uh, great uh, trouble to create you and to be very specific about how I create you. You missed it. So God says, I paid attention to the details so that I knew when you were 44 years old and you let, uh, and certain hair number 5,438,212 and a half fell out, I knew which one that was because I care about the details. You didn't hear what I just said. God says, I care about the details. So, so how do you handle the small stuff? How do you handle the small stuff? How do you handle the stuff that, that it seems like, well, this it really doesn't matter. How do you handle that? How do you handle when you're going to be two minutes late? And it's just two minutes. But those aren't your two minutes. Okay, so I can see we got to get real, real in here. See, if y'all would have said amen, I would have moved on. Okay, how do you handle the small stuff? How do you handle, watch this, watch this. How do you handle when you tell somebody something and you realize it's not going to be that? Do you just say, well, I just tell it when I get there? You don't like when folk do that to you. Wow. Y'all just left me out there, huh? It's quiet in this church. It's quiet in here. How, how do you handle, how do you handle, how do you handle the small stuff? Because what I discovered is that if you can't be faithful to the small stuff when it seems insignificant, God automatically knows why would I even give you something greater when you wouldn't be faithful with the small Okay, let me make it more practical. If you can't be faithful to your hoopty, why would I give you a Mercedes? Mercedes is a southern colloquialism for Mercedes. If you can't, listen, it may not have all the bells and whistles you want, it may, but listen, you better get you some armor all and shine that bad boy up. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. Wash that thing real good. Take it and put a chamois on it. Can't put no towel on it. You're going to mess up. Put you a chamois on that thing. Because if you can't handle that, why in the world would anybody with any level of sense give you something greater? So when it was seven people sitting in church, I preached like it was 70,000. You know why? Because if I couldn't handle the small, when he upgraded me, I wouldn't be able to handle the upgrade. If I, if I couldn't be faithful when the offering was $70 a week, how in the world would I? You can't be faithful working your minimum wage job. Why in the world are you even wasting your time praying, asking to be a millionaire? You wouldn't know what to do with it. Okay. Can I talk about something real quick? Because they tell me I'm ahead of time. Ain't that all right? I only got one point left. So, so let's talk about let's talk about something real quick. Let's talk about one second. So, so, so if if the way we handle small things are important because God watches, 
God, God trusts us to be good stewards. So everything he gives us, he, he trusts us to be stewards over. Okay? So uh, steward just means a manager. Everybody got that? So check this out. Your body is not yours. You're the manager. So if, 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 if corporate was to come in and do an audit on your body, and, and listen, because and I know some people thinking, no, Bishop, I'm skinny. Skinny don't mean healthy. So let me just go on and bust that up for you. Try to say, well, no, he ain't talking to me, but I know who he is. No, 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 no. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to each of us individually. Okay, so you're a manager. So God says, when I get that body back, I want it better than when I gave it to you. So, you're, so nothing you have is yours. You're a manager over it. So when you get money, it's it ain't my money. No, it's not your money. No, it's not your money. And you know what? If you, if you stopped looking at it at your money, you'd discover you'd have more of it. That's his money that you get to steward. That's why since he trusts me to be a good steward, I don't have no problem giving him his 10% and his offering and my bishop his love offering. Why? Because it ain't mine no how. I'm a steward. And if he can't trust me to be a river and I become a reservoir, then he'll stop sending supply. God gets resources to people that he can get resources through. Does it make sense? Okay. So check this out. So your time, that's not your time. And we say stuff like this. I just need some time for myself. And, and, and I understand what we mean. And we do need time to, you know, to, 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 you know, rest. And rest is not being lazy. Okay. Let me go and deal with that. So, since y'all ain't saying nothing. Cool. So, so here's what I discovered. A lot of people confuse rest with laziness. They confuse rest with lethargy. God didn't stop on the seventh day because he was tired. He stopped because he was done. So rest begins when I'm done, not because I'm tired. Now, let me make that real practical. Some of you are like, well, so can I go to sleep? What are you saying? All right. So, <laughs> so look what Proverbs says. That's a great scripture, guys. Proverbs 24:33. A little sleep. A little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Next verse. So shall poverty come upon you like a prowler and your need like an armed man. In other words, the Bible, now I love this because Proverbs means wisdom. The Bible was saying that people weren't experiencing what they wanted to see in life because they were lazy. So they were just, you know, they wake up at 10 talking about I'm looking for a job. Waking up at 10. No, you ain't looking for no job. Now waking up at 10. Because all the HR managers already moved on to other stuff by 10. They started looking at resumes at 8. At 10, they've moved on. It's real quiet in here. Yeah, huh? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Touch your neighbor and say, be faithful in the small things. Touch somebody else say, be faithful in the small things. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. So, so, so check this out. If we, if we can't be lazy, if we can't be lazy then we got to evaluate what we're doing with our time. we, we, we got to evaluate what we're doing with our time. Touch your neighbor and say, evaluate, evaluate. What, you're what you're doing with your time. Touch your other neighbor and say, evaluate, evaluate. What, you're what you're doing with your time. So if you look back over your day, what does your day look like juxtaposed to, 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 to how tired you say you are? So sometimes when people say, Bishop, I'm so tired, I say, well, what would you do? 
What'd you, what, what'd you do? What, what, what'd you actually get done? What, what did you take care of? What, what did you actually finish? What, how are you so tired? You ain't done nothing but sit up all day. How are you tired? It's, it, man, so I, evidently I hit something right there. I mean, because there are no amens. I mean, literally not one amen. Not one preach bishop, not one that's right. Everybody like, so let me deal with all these lazy spirits. So then people, people will get, I got to preach bishop from the AV ever. Okay, so check this out, because here's the deal. Here's the deal. Don't you hate on me because I work harder than you so I can experience a quality of life. And I'm not talking about me personally. I'm talking about in general. Don't get mad at somebody because they'll wake up before you do and go to sleep after you do so they live better than you do. Don't you get mad at them. But I can't do all that. That's why you're broke, because you can't do all of that. Don't you sit up and judge God because you broke? You're broke, but... I remember, I remember one time. I remember one time years ago, years ago, years ago at ministry. October is my 17th year, and um, and so I, ain't that all right? Yeah. Won't he do it? <laughs> so I remember one time. I remember one time. I remember one time. I was in ministry, and and I got a particular car. I worked hard for my money, and work hard for my money. Uh, yes, sir. I got a witness. Work hard for my. Tell your neighbors. I work hard for my money. I ain't talking about get there and can't wait until it's time to clock out. I'm talking about I clocked out when I was done. Now I know I got to go do something. See, you, see, listen, you won't be faithful with the other man, so why would God give you your own? See, I was faithful with another man, so the Lord trusted me with my own. So whatever it took to make another man's vision happen, that's what I did. In ministry, I did the same thing. And I'm not trying to be braggadocious and pretentious about myself. So if that's what you're thinking, please get out of here. Go right away. Because ain't nobody talking about that. What I'm talking about is I was faithful and diligent to the work of another man, which, watch this, not even with the intention of getting my own, just because that's who God makes us to be. God makes us to be people that can fight the ites. So, 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 so watch this. So watch this. I remember one time I got a particular vehicle, and I remember one of, the, one of the people came in to me and said, man, they talking about you. I said, for what? Man, you got this big car. He didn't cuss. I just... He got this guy. I said, well, what does that have to do with them? I said, if they want to come to my office and work like I work and do what I do and stay as long as I stay and go where I go, then they can have one too. Other than that, they can shut that noise up. In fact, I might buy another one and just park it next to it just so they got something else to talk about. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I'm just saying this has got to be the way we think. The way we think, guys, has got to be that we can't be lazy. The way we think has got to be that we've got to be faithful even in the small things. Amen. So that means if it takes an extra five minutes, it takes an extra five minutes. Amen. That means if it takes an extra couple of phone calls, it takes an, up, uh, an extra couple of phone calls. Amen. It's real quiet in here. All right, touch your neighbor and say, you are not, you are not lazy. lazy. That's why I thank God for a dream team that's faithful and that puts in the sacrifices that makes harvest happen because they're faithful in the small things they're faithful in this our dream team's faithful in the small things are you hearing what i'm saying faithful in how the floor gets vacuumed 
He may think that's not a big deal. Ooh, but God is saying, if I can trust him with that, if I can trust him to vacuum a floor in my house, I'll have somebody else to vacuum the floor. Okay, y'all ain't saying nothing. All right, all right, all right. Touch the neighbor and say, be faithful in the small things. Okay, so how do you do the small things? Are you faithful in the small things? Because every, since God moves us little by little, that means every small thing is a battle within itself. So how am I faithful with it? How am I faithful with it? How is, am I being a good steward over what I've been given? If I've been given time, am I being a good steward over it? If I've been given money, am I being a good steward over it? If I've been given energy, am I being a good steward over it? If I've been given whatever, a talent, am I a good steward over it? You got talent that you sit on and that you sleep on. Which means, in other words, God is saying, well, what are you doing with that? He didn't give it to you so nothing could be done with it. It's real quiet in here. Tell your neighbor, say, you are talented. Tell him, say, you are gifted. All right, third point, and then we're going to shout on this one. All right, much more uh, uh, classroom-style teaching tonight. Number three, celebrate every small victory. So point number one was what? Don't underestimate the small things. Remember, don't let that which should remain little become big, and don't let that which is, should be big stay little. Does that make sense? All right, number two. Be faithful in the small things. Be faithful in the small things. Be dependable. Be consistent. How you, you know what gets me? Okay, I'm going to say something now, so I'm going I'm to bust something up, okay? So y'all just going to forgive me in advance, okay? You know, all, all, I hear a lot of talk, Bishop, I'm just believing God for a godly man. Well, you know what? It'd be nice if you're a godly woman. How in the heaven are you sitting up here asking for something you ain't? I ask you to forgive me in advance. I wasn't sure if I was going to say that one, but... Y'all silence made me speak. <laughs> I just believe in God for somebody to favor me. Well, who have you favored? I'm just believing God to make a way for me. Well, who have you made a way for? I just want a good Christian man. Well, he, he gonna need to have a good Christian woman. Okay, you, you can't be Ebony from Players Club talking about you finna get you Okay, y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. Now, don't y'all go Googling that if you don't know what that is. <laughs> do not Google it. Some of you are like, I'm not familiar with that. Let me tell you. Don't you do it. Does it make sense? I want, I want, uh, uh, fellas, I want a woman with good credit. Is yours? I saw this thing on Instagram where they got Kermit drinking some tea. <laughs> it's, it's yours? <laughs> Give me that mug. <laughs> Give me that mug. The mug, the mug, the mug, the mug, the mug. The mug, the mug, the mug, the mug, the mug. There you go, the mug. There you go. Good. Okay, so here it is. There's this thing on Instagram. Thing. I'm just using all kinds of props. It's cool on Wednesday, ain't it? I can do it on Wednesday, right? <laughs> so there's this thing on Instagram. And, you know, I'm not really in all, you know, we do social media and all that kind of stuff, but, you know, I don't really, you know, whatever. Anyway, so I saw this picture today. I saw this picture today, and, and it's this funny little thing where they got Kermit the Frog drinking some tea, and it's like he'll say something, and then he'll be like, that ain't none of my business, though. 
So I got. Can I tell you the joke? But one of them said, "Okay, you can promise you're not gonna send me no bishop. You shouldn't have said that in church emails because I'll email you back." Okay. Um. So, so one of them was like Kermit drinking the tea, and he was like, "I saw you pull that food stamp card out the Gucci bag, but that ain't none of my business, though." That's what the thing said. I, I just. I know what you're asking God for, but are you that? That ain't none of my business, though. So if you want some, something faithful, you should be faithful. If, if, if you want, if you want, because in order to reap it, I got to sow it, right? So if you want, if you want truth, you got to sow truth. If you want consistency, you have to sow consistency. Doesn't make sense, everybody. Now, it's a small thing, but it's a big thing because it becomes something greater. So whatever we want, we've got to sow that. Does that make sense, everybody? So I knew that, uh, and, and, and being a church planner, I knew that it was important to me that we had a very strong team of people who caught the vision, and that's what we call our dream team. I've already made reference of it. So because of that, I made sure uh, that I sold all of those things and continue to sow those kinds of things. The same things that are asked to the dream team are the same things that I'm willing to do myself. Does that make sense? Okay? Because it, it'd be disingenuous for me to expect a harvest of it and not have sown it myself. Because I like loyal people, I'm loyal to people. When Bishop Foreman is on your side, you can take that to the bank. That check cashes all day, every day. But now, to the contrary, when he is not, he just ain't. Thank God for you. Okay? But because I, and I, I like loyalty from people, so I sow loyalty. See, I don't know. See, we got this thing, and I'll and I, and I get to this last point, I'm done. We, we got this thing in culture, and I've talked about it before, but, but since we're just kind of, we're just talking tonight, right? That's right. We're just talking, right? We got this thing in culture where, where, where loyalty now is, 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 so, uh, is so obscure in many instances. And loyalty often for many people is placed in the wrong places. So who they want to help them, they're unloyal to. But who's causing them the reason to need help? They're loyal to that one. You ever saw somebody use you because you, you only heard from them when they were going through with somebody else? And then as soon as stuff was good with that situation, you didn't hear from them no more? Okay, y'all ain't sending them? Now, see, listen, I don't do friends like that. I, I'll even have pastor friends. I've told y'all this before. I have pastor friends, even bishops that are friends. And I say, listen, man, I, I don't do friends like that. I, I don't disappear for three or four months at a time talking about, man, I was going through. Well, I, then what is friends for? What is friends for? Then what are friends for? I thought they were for the good times and the bad times. I thought that's what, that's what friends are for. That's what I thought this was for. So when you started going through something, I thought that was the purpose of being a friend. But I don't do this disappearance stuff. You want to disappear on me? That's cool. But when you reap it, so I don't do, I don't do that. You, know, you ever have people take sabbaticals from you to only find out later that they took a sabbatical? like, what? I just needed a break. Pray for me. No, pray for me right now because I'm going to say something. Who in the world? You needed a break. I tell you what. You won't ever have to worry about taking no damn another break from me. I'll ensure you that you get all the break you need. 
take a perpetual break. You do understand perpetual in perpetuity. That means it keeps on going and going and going. So, so I, don't, I don't operate like that. So I sow loyalty. God, I, loyalty means something to me. It really does. Loyalty is a currency with me. That's just me. I'm talking about me. Loyalty is a currency with me. It's a currency. It, it is a form of payment. It's currency with me. So, but I sow that to people. Got it? So I've walked with people through, through worse than the storm and the rain. I mean, we was like in the Amazon with them big old fish. They're supposed to be catfish, but they look like sharks. You understand? I walked with people through some, through some rough, treacherous terrain because I sowed what I wanted to receive. And if I couldn't be faithful in the small thing like that, if I couldn't do the small thing like that, then it would be disingenuous and it would be irresponsible to me to expect it. Third point, and we're through, celebrate every small victory. Now, check this out. If we've only had one victory, and that was 30 years ago, how dull would your life be? Or worse yet, how easy would it be for us to take God granted? Think about it. What really, let's, let's think about this real quick because we're talking, right? We're just talking. What really makes you spiritual? Is it when everything's going great? You can be spiritual, though. You, you can be spiritual. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But when you're in the trenches and you're fighting the battle. Anybody know about the battle? There is a level of spirituality that comes out of you that you didn't even know was in there. Do I have any witnesses here? There, there is a prayer in you. You, get, you surprise yourself. I didn't know I could pray like that. There is a worship in you to where you'll shock yourself and say, my God, I was sitting over here. How in the world did I end up over here on my knees with tears streaming down my face? Because it is really the hell that we go through that makes us spiritual. Touch your neighbor and say, you needed that battle. You, need, you needed that battle to show you that you could take a licking and keep on ticking. You needed that battle to show you that you were like MC Hammer, baby. You were too legit to quit. You needed that battle to show you that even if you fail, it's not the end. You needed that battle. So, so, so watch this. Watch this. Because we move ahead little by little, it makes us savor every victory. I'm going to say it again. Because we move ahead little by little, it makes us savor every victory. I was reflecting the other day about just uh, what God's done for us in, in, in a relative, relatively short time in a place where they say it shouldn't happen in the church planter's graveyard. And we, I was talking, and we were thinking about what the bookstore started as. And the bookstore started. Now, you, you go out there now, it's all wonderful. And then it's just wonderful and great. But the bookstore started as a, uh, as a black card table from Walmart. And associates. That's their corporate division. <laughs> it started from Walmart. And a black card table uh, with, a, with, a, with a money money box. It was like blue or something or gray. With a money box. And some CDs, some silver CDs with a label on them. But you had to get the message the next week. So if you want it tonight, you was going to have to wait until next Wednesday. <laughs> or whatever, however we did it. And, and I just think about, wow. Yeah, I was just saying, my goodness, Here, here's the point. I had to go back down memory lane to re-savor every victory. Not to get stuck there, but to use it as ammunition to keep pressing forward. Every now and then, you need to revisit yesterday, not to revisit the pain, 
but you need to revisit how you overcame. Bishop, why? Because what's going to get you through whatever you're facing now is you looking back to say, if he did it back then, and if he did it before, he's the same God. He is the same yesterday and today and forevermore. And I know beyond the shadow of a doubt, if it worked in 07, it'll work in 14. If it worked in 08, it'll work in 14. Why? Because the God I serve is big. Is there anybody in here that you serve the King of Kings and the Lord? Of? He is the great I am. No so, so, so watch this, watch this, watch this. Because we move ahead little by little, makes us savor every victory. When we win, here's what we got to do, guys. We got to celebrate. When we win, we got to celebrate. But then guess what? Don't get stuck at your celebration. Now get ready for the next battle. Here's what happens when sometimes people feel like they get blindsided. It's because while something great's happening, they don't, begin preparation for what's next okay let me prove it to you you talk to people today and, and they'll tell man you remember when we won back in 98 right but that was 98 what you winning today okay you ever seen athletes where they had a great beginning of their career and then towards the end you're like where's so-and-so yeah, yeah okay okay well, watch this because in, in our natural world, the, the quality of our last victory really is what we're remembered for. Got it? Uh, presidents, I think that's a tough job. I think it's a tough job. I mean, because people can just say what they ever want to say about you, and you just got to smile. <laughs> See, you, you, you wouldn't want, that was part of my plan. I'm so glad the Lord wanted me to do something else. Because had I been president, it would have been a whole nother kind of presidential situation. Thank God for President Obama and even Bush and Clinton and these. Because, see, the way they handled some of the stuff they went through, I said, wow, that's great. Thank God it wasn't President Foreman. You want to know what a president, uh, what a foreman presidency would have looked like? If I'm doing the briefing and we did this and we did this and we did this. Questions. Mr. President, tell us about this and that. <laughs> I would have called one of my black coats over. No, he didn't just sit up here and ask me about this here. Uh, did you not get the memo when we came in that that ain't what we discussing today? I don't understand why, what, the, what the purpose of your question is. They would have to cut the cameras off. <laughs> Mr. President, the people are saying this and this and that. What happened in Benghazi? I, 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 none of your business would happen. That, that's what happened. Well, the American people deserve to know. No, there's some stuff you don't need to know. That's why you elected me to run stuff. Trust me, I got it. We want to know what happened. I'm, and I want to know what happened, uh, 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 what happened to Tupac. I mean, I mean everybody going to know what's going on. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I want to know what happened to Villa Vanilli. I thought they had a promising career. <laughs> I want to know what happened to Billy Ray's daughter. I don't know what she's doing. I, well, there's lots of stuff we want to know. <laughs> but I got it. Rest assured. I, I, guys, I'm just being funny. I'm just being. <laughs> 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 I, 
Y'all all right? We just talking. So when we win, we celebrate. Then we got to prepare for the next battle. Don't get stuck in your celebration that you don't prepare for the next battle. Don't get out of the car to have you a shouting session to where you shout in the middle of the highway and get hit. Shout over here. Thank you, Jesus. Now let's get back on the road. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right, so watch this. We're done. We're, we're done. Uh, uh, many people make a huge mistake after victory and think they're done fighting. There were seven ites in the land, guys. Y'all here? So once they knocked out one ite, they had another ite. Then they had another ite. The purpose of there being seven ites is seven is the biblical number in gematria, which means completion. So in other words, God was saying, you fight until it's complete. And that may take a little by little. There are certain areas that you'll conquer in life, and you'll be like, that's awesome. I got it. Woo, praise the Lord. There are certain areas where you own first ite. There are certain areas where you own your third ite. But there are certain areas where you ain't even started the ites. You, you still sitting over here in fear talking about, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, 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 so tonight, my, my whole job with this teaching tonight is to simply get you to understand that you are making progress and you are moving forward and you will continue to make progress and you will continue to move forward and you're going to do it. Some things are going to be suddenlies. Some things are going to be Kairos moments that God steps out of eternity into time and he makes things happen quickly. But there are going to be some things where you're going to have to go little by little by little by little by little by little. Can I give you a closing illustration? If I was in the Baptist church, we love Baptists, I'd say, I'm getting ready to close. So now watch this. Y'all see this stage? This stage is big, right? It's so big the camera can't even see us. It's, um, it's all dark over here. Okay. All right. But so watch this. So I'm going little by little by little. I paid off one bill. Okay. Now y'all got that. Y'all like, okay, okay. I see where you're going with that. Okay. Okay. You conquered one insecurity. You conquered one fear. You got your peace back. You finally forgave who hurt you. You finally stopped throwing in the towel on yourself. You finally decided that losing wasn't an option no more. Y'all not saying nothing. You stop beating yourself up when you fail and you keep pressing. You learn that you can make it even when people forsake you. You learn that if ain't nobody else there, he's still there. You've learned that he's the friend that's sicker closer than a brother. You learn he's the mother to the motherless. He's a father to the fatherless. He's bread to the hungry. He's meat to the hungry. He's the healer when you need healing. But, but I've been moving little by little and, and it don't seem like I'm really making that much progress because I'm only taking baby steps but baby every one of those baby steps I wish I had adds up and before you know it look back come on be a good church before you know it you'll look back and say he's brought me from my mighty long way but he did it little by little standing on your feet everybody Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. 
Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. To those who visit Mickey D's for their favorite breakfast item and then go somewhere else for coffee, give this Mickey D's brew a second chance. The glow up was real. Try any size iced coffee brewed with 100% Arabica beans for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with a savory sausage McMuffin with egg for $2.79. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.